Hi, Dave Emery here. This is For the Record Program number 1190, the Oswald Institute of Virology, Part 9, COVID-19 and the American Deep State, Part 3. This is being recorded on June 25th of the year 2021. Very quickly, three links that are at the top of the written descriptions, the article-length descriptions that are on the SpitfireList.com website for each program, and also at the top of each Food for Thought post. One of those links, uh, if you click on it, it will enable you to subscribe to the comments, most of which are made by our expert contributing editor, Terra Fractal, and some by others. Uh, the second link will enable you to uh, subscribe to the podcasts, for for the record, that are being generated by Sister Station WFMU. The third link will enable you to obtain the 32 gigabyte flash drive with all of my life's work through for the record 1156, and I get no money whatsoever from that. Now, uh, in this program, we are going to continue with our analysis of what I have called the Oswald Institute of Virology. Its real name is the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It is now being uh, scapegoated for the lab leak theory of the origins of COVID-19. And as I have pointed out in many programs, I believe that the WIV has been set up to take the fall for COVID-19, much as Lee Harvey Oswald was set up to take the fall for JFK's assassination and then killed before he could defend himself, as we have looked at so many times. Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill anybody. He was a U.S. intelligence officer who, again, was set up, left out in the cold, and then killed before he could mount an effective defense. Uh, the WIB, by the same token, has been partnered with elements of the Pentagon and with elements of USAID, a State Department subsidiary that has often served as a cover for CIA operations. Uh, many of the staff at WIB were actually trained by USAID's project predict. And the vehicle for much of the funding for the operations in the uh, in or through the WIV was the EcoHealth Alliance. As we have looked at in numerous programs, we are in a new technological era in which once a mammalian virus's genome is published online. It could then be synthesized from scratch using contemporary technology or synthesized and modified from scratch. And uh, the projects through EcoHealth Alliance were aimed at generating research which would yield the genomes of various bat-borne coronaviruses, a major focal point of uh, Pentagon research, biological warfare research, uh, in recent years. Uh, very quickly, before we get into uh, some uh, more discussion of a very important, albeit uh, 
Modified Limited Hangout Vanity Fair article from the KHN TV station's website of May 19th of 2021 to the Batcave in search of COVID's origins. Scientists reignite polarizing debate on Wuhan lab leak by Arthur Allen of the EcoHealth Alliance uh, that we have focused on at great length, headed up by Peter Bayshek. The more than $50 million EcoHealth Alliance, the more than $50 million EcoHealth Alliance had received in U.S. funding since 2007 includes contracts and grants from two NIH institutes, the National Science Foundation and the U.S. Agency for International Development, as well as Pentagon funds to look for organisms that could be fashioned into bioterror weapons. One more time, as well as Pentagon funds to look for organisms that could be fashioned into bioterror weapons. As we have looked at in many programs of the distinction between, quote, offensive and, quote, defensive biological warfare research is essentially academic. If you are looking into how we beasties uh, infect and sicken humans, animals, or plants, it is the same research whether you call it uh, defensive or offensive. And uh, with EcoHealth Alliance uh, getting a, most of its funding, as we have looked at in uh, various programs, including, for the record, 1183, from the Pentagon and USAID. And uh, one of uh, the top advisors to Peter Bayshek and EcoHealth Alliance is David Franz, F-R-A-N-Z, the former commander of Fort Detrick, the military's top biological and chemical warfare uh, facility. And note that uh, the EcoHealth Alliance has had Pentagon funds to look for organisms that could be fashioned into bioterror weapons, which sounds wonderfully, quote, defensive, unquote, but once you identify them, they can be created and deployed. Now, um, before we get back relatively briefly to the Vanity Fair article, I want to note one of the central tenets of these most recent programs, namely the functioning of the American deep state and how it has maintained operational continuity from the Trump administration over to the Biden administration. I have no use for Donald Trump, no use for Steve Bannon or for the people around them, and yet... Uh, I think that they are getting a bad rap in this sense. They are now being portrayed as fringe elements, xenophobes, uh, crackpots, and so forth. And yet, the ideology and operational dynamics that they have generated have carried over into the Biden administration. And it is that carryover that embodies the American deep state. Again, we're now being told, well, Bannon, you know, he's a crackpot and Trump was a bomb thrower and they're extremists and so forth. And yet, Mike Pompeo's State Department and the investigations undertaken by it are now being lofted or elevated, I should say, to respectability by the Biden administration. 
let's go back briefly and take a look at, uh, well, first, uh, a story that uh, was featured in The Guardian of July 17th of 2019. It is by Frank H. Wu, capital W-U. Peter Peel and Steve Bannon fuel a new yellow peril over Google and China, reads in part. The billionaire investor Peter Peel, by the way, a major investor in Facebook, the top figure in Palantir, the alpha predator of the electronic surveillance landscape and a dominant force in not only the Trump administration but in the U.S. national security establishment and Silicon Valley in general. The billionaire investor Peter Thiel has accused Google of treason, unquote, and called for a law enforcement investigation of the search engine's parent company. He speculated that the Chinese government has invaded its employee ranks. A German immigrant via South Africa, Thiel, is not alone. His remarks echo the repeated assertions of the rabble-rouser Steve Bannon that there are too many Asian CEOs in Silicon Valley. These claims, combined with similar charges of wrongdoing against students and professors of Chinese origin on campuses across the country, are as ominous as they are lurid. While Peel presents no evidence, Bannon displays ample prejudice. They are an inspiring paranoia about everyone of Chinese heritage. Yes, indeed. And uh, this, by the way, from July 17th of 2019, right on the cusp of the outbreak of COVID-19. And it was in the fall of 2019 that I did a series of programs, for the record, 1,089 to 1,095, and then came back to them in 1,003 uh, in the early winter of 2020. Actually, I guess that was at the tail end of 2019. But they're dealing with the destabilization of China. Now, one of the articles that we looked at in For the Record 1089 bears uh, repeating. This is from the New York Times of July 20th of 2019. A new red scare is reshaping Washington by Anna Swanson, S-W-A-N-S-O-N. In a ballroom across from the Capitol building, an unlikely group of military hawks, populist crusaders, Chinese Muslim freedom fighters, read Uyghurs, and followers of the Falun Gong cult has been meeting to warn anyone who will listen that China poses an existential threat to the United States that will not end until the Communist Party is overthrown. If the warnings sound straight out of the Cold War they are. The Committee on the Present Danger, a long-defunct group that campaigned against the dangers of the Soviet Union in the 1970s and 1980s, has recently been revived with the help of Stephen K. Bannon, the President's former chief strategist, to warn against the dangers of China. Once dismissed as xenophobes and fringe elements, the group's members are finding their views increasingly embraced in President Trump's Washington, and I would add as a function of the deep state, and I would add uh, being carried over full bore and even magnified into the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration. One more time. Once dismissed as xenophobes and fringe elements, 
the group's members are finding their views increasingly embraced in President Trump's Washington, where skepticism and mistrust of China have taken hold. Fear of China has spread across the government, from the White House to Congress to federal agencies where Beijing's rise is unquestioningly viewed as an economic and national security threat and the defining challenge of the 21st century. One more time. Fear of China has spread across the government from the White House to Congress to federal agencies where Beijing's rise is unquestioningly viewed as an economic and national security threat and the defining challenge of the 21st century. Quote, these are two systems that are incompatible, unquote, Mr. Bannon said of the United States and China. Again, quoting, one side is going to win and one side is going to lose, unquote. Uh, Ms. Swanson has correctly, I think, identified the ideological and operational dynamic that both is embodied by and uh, is representative of what I have called the American Deep State, and which is carrying over from uh, the Steve Bannons and the Donald Trumps to the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration. Again, fear of China has spread across the government from the White House to Congress to federal agencies where Beijing's rise is unquestioningly viewed as an economic and national security threat and the defining challenge of the 21st century. I believe that is absolutely correct, and I would submit that it is the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration that really is pushing the U.S. and the West in general into what is an altogether unnecessary gamble with World War III. Uh, China is a huge subject, and I'm going to, uh, in a few weeks' time, begin a long, for-the-record series, which I will also turn into uh, a anti-fascist archives show number 40 about the narco-fascist government of Chiang Kai-shek and the Kuomintang because indeed uh, the rise of the Chinese Communist Party and its ascent is inextricably linked with the history of China under Chiang Kai-shek and his narco-fascists from the Green Gang of Tu Yuishing and indeed I think the positions and operations that China is taking even could be seen as in addition to a reaction to uh, Chiang Kai-shek's narco-fascist government to China's history of colonialization and in particular the opium wars in which Britain used its superior naval power uh, to basically impose opium addiction on the Chinese in order to correct a balance of payments deficit uh, that uh, was plaguing the, uh, basically the, the uh, British East India Company. Uh, noting here, however, how the Trump administration is now being presented as, you know, bomb throwers, crackpots, weirdos, 
uh, and so forth, uh, they were not seen in that regard when they were in power. And indeed, I think one part of the folly of the uh, Trump supporters is that they somehow see Trump as uh, a rebel against the system. Nothing could be further from the truth. In For the Record 906, for example, we took a look at how a Koch brothers finance program was being embraced by the New York Times and the Washington Post, and I believe one of the major networks, I think off the top of my head, it was CBS. We will have a link. I will put the link to that in the written description for the show. But uh, Mike Pompeo first, the uh, head of the CIA, then head of State Department under Donald Trump was a Koch brothers protege, and we're going to take a look at how the Koch brothers, although Charles is now dead, have uh, helped to finance uh, the fellow Philip Zelikov, uh, who is leading a commission into the, to look into the origins of COVID-19, including the lab leak theory. Uh, but the notion that somehow Donald Trump was an outlier, a rebel against the system, is complete drivel. He was put in there to do what he did, and now the fundamental dynamics vis-a-vis China are being carried over from the Trump administration and the Pompeo State Department into the Biden administration where they are being uh, marketed as, quote, respectable, unquote. And again, Beijing, uh, quoting the Anna Swanson article, Beijing's rise is unquestioningly viewed as an economic and national security threat and the defining challenge of the 21st century. That was uh, Steve Bannon and the Trump White House, the Falun Gong cult, uh, which is uh, financed in part by the CIA and has found a presence in the uh, Raoul Wallenberg Institute in Canada on the op-ed page of the New York Times. And that cult is now part of the uh, Uyghurs are being uh, persecuted, mean that I have looked at at great length. Uh, the Vanity Fair article is uh, worth taking a look at. It is titled, again, uh, a, a very important article, albeit uh, one that is modified, limited hangout, and has a very heavy spin. It is from Vanity Fair's issue of June 3rd of 2021, The Lab Leak Theory, Inside the Fight to Uncover COVID-19's Origins, by Catherine Aben, E-B-A-N. And noting uh, briefly how uh, initially uh, a cover-up of the origin into the cult lab leak theory was uh, initiated uh, in considerable measure by what, for lack of a better term, might be called the gain-of-function milieu because of the uh, U.S. funding of uh, the development uh, of research into bat-borne coronaviruses and modification of the genomes very quickly from that Vanity Fair article from June 3rd of 2021. In one State Department meeting, officials... See, and this is a Pompeo's State Department meeting. In one State Department meeting, officials seeking to demand transparency from the Chinese government say they were explicitly told by colleagues not to explore the Wuhan Institute of Virology's gain-of-function research because it would bring unwelcome attention to U.S. government funding of it. In an internal memo obtained by Vanity Fair, Thomas Bimano, capital B-I, capital N-A-N-O, former acting 
Assistant Secretary of the State Department's Bureau of Arms Control, Verification, and Compliance, wrote that staff from two bureaus warned leaders within his bureau, quote, not to pursue an investigation into the origin of COVID-19, unquote, because it would, quote, open a can of worms, unquote, if it continued. As the group probed the lab leak scenario, among other possibilities, its members were repeatedly advised not to open a Pandora's box, unquote, said four former State Department officials interviewed by Vanity Fair. And again, uh, uh, there was fear that if they began looking into it, it would point to uh, U.S. funding of the research at that lab that we have looked at at great length through primarily, although not exclusively, the EcoHealth Alliance with uh, all that we have uh, presented about that. Uh, however, as we will see, uh, the spin that has been presented on this cover-up of the gain-of-function milieu and U.S. funding of a research at that lab, most of which came from the Pentagon and USAID, a uh, State Department subsidiary that often fronts for CIA, and again, uh, a top advisor to EcoHealth Alliance, most of which uh, is most of the funding from which is from Pentagon and USAID, is David Franz, the former commander of Fort Detrick. But as we will see, the spin that is being presented on this is that the people who were covering this up were doing so because they sensed that the crackpots like Steve Bannon and others uh, were trying to spin an ideologized, uh, in, quote, investigation into the WIV, whereas now we're going to get a, quote, objective, unquote, investigation. But again, notice how Trump, Bannon, et al. are stigmatized as crackpots here, whereas really they are simply part of the deep state and were put in there to do exactly what they did, and now what they did is being carried over via the American deep state into the Biden administration from that Vanity Fair article. At times, it seemed the only other people entertaining the lab leak theory were crackpots, or political hacks hoping to wield COVID-19 as a cudgel against China. President Donald Trump's former political advisor, Steve Bannon, for instance, joined forces with an exiled Chinese billionaire named Guo Wangui to fuel claims that China had developed the disease as a bioweapon and purposefully unleashed it on the world. And now the, quote, respectable, unquote, elements of the Trump administration, whose efforts have been carried over into the Biden administration, and as we will see, the American deep state and people like Philip Zelikoff are uh, basically carrying that work forward. Uh, Matthew Pottinger, by the way, a China hawk in the Trump administration, and the son of Jay Stanley Pottinger, Assistant Secretary of State, 
uh, assistant attorney general, I should say, under the Nixon and Ford administrations, alleged by Donald Freed and Fred Landis in Beth and Washington to have obfuscated the investigations into the assassinations of both Martin Luther King and Orlando Letelier. And again, Jay Stanley Partner, best known, well, not was best known, but uh, well known as the nine-year paramour for Gloria Steinem, who, quote, defended, unquote, her against charges of being a CIA agent. Steinem was definitely a CIA agent and boasted of her work for CIA in interviews with both the New York Times and the Washington Post, claiming that it was good journalistic training that she got at the agency. But Matthew Pottinger is a China hawk and at the epicenter of uh, the COVID-19 origins team now being carried over uh, in terms of investigative continuity into the Biden administration from the Vanity Fair article. By then, Matthew Pottinger had approved the COVID-19 origins team run by the National Security Council Directorate that oversaw issues related to weapons of mass destruction. A long-time Asia expert and former journalist, Pottinger purposefully kept the team small. In addition, many leading experts had either received or approved funding for gain-of-function research. Their conflicted status, said Pottinger, played a profound role in muddying the waters and contaminating the shot at having an impartial inquiry. And note that among the uh, people, and among the elements involved in the lab leak theory, an intelligence analyst working with David Asher sifted through classified channels and turned up a report that outlined why the lab leak hypothesis was plausible. It had been written in May, that's uh, May of 2021, by researchers at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, which performs national, I should say, uh, May of 2020. Um, perhaps I'm, I would have to double check that, but, um, I believe it is 2021. It had been written in May by researchers at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, which performs national security research for the Department of Energy, but it appeared to have been buried within the classified collections system. And note also that the key person in generating this was Chris Ford, a China hawk who helped to put the damper on investigating the origins of the virus, and uh, is written about as follows in the Vanity Fair article. Their frustration crested in December when they finally briefed Chris Ford, acting undersecretary for arms control and international security. He seemed so hostile to their probe that they viewed him as a blinkered functionary bent on whitewashing China's malfeasance. But Ford who had years of experience in nuclear non-proliferation, had long been a China hawk. So why was he dampening the investigation? Hmm. But now note that Chris Ford said he was doing so because he sensed that the investigation was being run again by right-wing crackpots who were trying to, uh, you know, basically wield this as a cudgel against China. Well, that is, uh, it is being wielded as a cudgel against China. But notice here the stigmatization by Chris Ford of his colleagues in the Trump administration. Ford told Vanity Fair 
that he saw his job as protecting the integrity of any inquiry into COVID-19's origins that fell under his purview. Going with stuff that makes us look like the crackpot brigade, unquote, would backfire, he believed. There was another reason for his hostility. He'd already heard about the investigation from interagency colleagues rather than from the team itself, and the secrecy left him with a spidey sense, unquote, that the process was a form of creepy freelancing, unquote. He wondered, had someone launched an unaccountable investigation with the goal of achieving a desired result? Well, actually, I would answer yes, that is true. But again, the spin here, both by Chris Ford and by Vanity Fair, frankly, is that, well, you know, uh, the Trump administration was engaging, uh, was their investigation was tainted with crackpot right-wing ideology, whereas now the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration, which, again, embodies what the Anna Swanson New York Times article uh, stated, uh, the fear of China as uh, the uh, pop challenge of the 21st century. And notice now how what was begun under Mike Pompeo's State Department and under uh, uh, Matthew Pottinger, the statement withstood aggressive suspicion, as one former State Department official said, and the Biden administration has not walked it back. Quote, I was very pleased to see Pompeo's statement come through, said Chris Ford, who personally signed off on a draft of the fact sheet before leaving the State Department. I was so relieved that they were using real supporting... Uh, one more time. I was so relieved that they were using real reporting that had been vetted and cleared, unquote. Again, uh, the, the investigation had integrity, and now, whereas it was uh, painted by the crackpot Trump administration, now it is going to be uh, presented by the, quote, respectable, unquote, Biden administration. One of the things we have noted in terms of the deep state is Avril Haines. She was deputy director of CIA under Obama when he engaged in the pivot towards Asia. It was in 2012 that Anthony Fauci, whose NIH has helped to finance uh, activities at the Wuhan Institute of Virology through the aforementioned EcoHealth Alliance, in 2012 it was Anthony Fauci himself who advanced the lab origin hypothesis saying that if a poorly trained lab worker in a uh, biosafety lab got infected with one of these mutated viruses, he could then start a pandemic. That is basically the scenario we are seeing marketed now. And Abel Haynes participated in Event 201 in October of 2019, which happened on the same day. Uh, it began the same day as the Military World Games, which I believe is one of the areas of vectoring for COVID-19. Uh, in terms of actual vectoring in an age where there are insect sized drones that actually can look like insects and that could disseminate an aerosol containing that virus, there is any number of possibilities for a uh, vector. But uh, note again, as we have uh, as we have pointed out, that Abel Haynes, who is now 
the Director of National Intelligence, formerly Deputy Director of CIA, was a key participant in the Event 201, which uh, forecast a worldwide pandemic and uh, showed remarkable prescience. I believe that that was uh, part of the setting of the propaganda and ideological stage for the COVID-19 op, as I have stated in the past. Not unlike the efforts of the WACCFL and the anti-Bolshevik bloc of nations to uh, create a uh, propaganda meme which could be used to paint Lee Harvey Oswald red. They were talking about in uh, 1963, before JFK was killed, that the KGB was training assassins to work in the U.S., and then that was... uh, basically applied to Lee Harvey Oswald in what Peter Dale Scott has termed a level one cover-up. Now, notice again, Avril Haynes is now Director of National Intelligence and is presiding, will be presiding over the Biden administration's uh, looks into the lab leak hypothesis. Returning again to the Vanity Fair article. Inside the U.S. government, meanwhile, the lab leak hypothesis had survived the transition from Trump to Biden. On April 15th, Director of National Intelligence Avril Haynes told the House Intelligence Committee that two, quote, plausible theories, unquote, were being weighed, a lab accident or natural emergence. And again, we are seeing the deep state in action. Now, we are going to take a look We in... Uh, our last couple of programs, in particular in full record 1188, we took a look at how Michael R. Gordon, who helped to float the stories for the New York Times that Saddam Hussein was uh, developing weapons of mass destruction and that uh, basically we had to attack Iraq because otherwise a mushroom cloud would be rising over the U.S., he is also now one of the point element journalist, to coin the phrase, pushing the lab leak hypothesis. And as we're going to see, Philip Zelikoff, I believe that is how his name is pronounced, his last name is spelled uh, Z-E-L-I-K-O-W. I believe that is pronounced Zelikoff, but perhaps Zelikow. I think it's Zelikoff. That very same Philip Zelikoff is now going to be an investigator for the uh, pandemic inquiry. And know also that the same fellow was the uh, prime mover behind the 9-11 Commission report, which was badly slanted. And he also helped to craft a key document in which the national security policies advocated by the uh, Project for a New American Century were formally codified and put into practice. From the New York Times of June 17th of 2021, an article by Cheryl Gay Stolberg, S-T-O-L-B-E-R-G, September 11th investigator lays groundwork for impartial pandemic inquiry. The lawyer who led the inquiry into the September 11th attacks has quietly laid a foundation for a nonpartisan commission to investigate the coronavirus pandemic with financial backing from four foundations 
and a paid staff that has already interviewed more than 200 public health experts, business leaders, elected officials, victims, and their families. The work, which has attracted scant public notice, grew out of a telephone call in October from Eric Schmidt, the philanthropist and former chief executive of Google, to Philip B. Zelikov, or Zelikow, Z-E-L-I-K-O-W, I'm pronouncing it, Zelikov, who was the executive director of the commission that investigated September 11. Investigated belongs in quotes. One more time. The work, which has attracted scant public notice, grew out of a telephone call in October from Eric Schmidt, the philanthropist and former chief executive of Google, to Philip B. Zelikov, who was the executive director of the commission that investigated September 11th. Now note who is financing this COVID commission planning group. It has financial support from Schmidt Futures, founded by Mr. Schmidt and his wife Wendy, Stand Together, which is backed by the libertarian-leaning philanthropist Charles Koch, the Skoll Foundation, founded by the eBay pioneer Jeff Skoll, and the Rockefeller Foundation. Again, one of them, the Stand Together Foundation, but the libertarian leaning, I like that philanthropist Charles Koch. The Koch brothers' uh, protege, Mike Pompeo, was first head of the CIA under Trump, then head of the State Department, and it was under his auspices that the lab leak hypothesis was being uh, promulgated. Also, the East Turkestan Islamic Movement, which was an ISIS and Al-Qaeda-linked terrorist group, was taken off of the terror uh, roster, so to speak, uh, late in the Trump administration. They have been very active in Xinjiang. Uh, and note also the Rockefeller Foundation, what, what need one say? Uh, Again, I think this is hardly going to be uh, an impartial group. And again, with people like the Koch brothers and the Rockefeller Foundation, this is the American deep state. And Philip Zelikov, again, uh, the executive uh, director of the commission that investigated September 11th. And uh, concluding with the article, with more than two dozen expert advisors from across the political spectrum, including two former Food and Drug Administration commissioners and a former director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the group has made detailed notes of these sessions and drafted a blueprint for a wide-ranging inquiry that would include but hardly be limited to an examination of the origins of the virus, including the contentious lab leak theory. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. And I would note that his group operates out of the university's Miller, that's the University of Virginia, Miller Center for Public Affairs in cooperation with Johns Hopkins University's Center for Health Security. That they were, that is to say, the Johns Hopkins University Center for Health Security were also one of the uh, key elements involved with Event 201, which featured, among others, Avril Haynes. 
in uh, the book The American Deep State, Wall Street, Big Oil, and the Attack on American Democracy by the brilliant Berkeley professor Peter Dale Scott. There is a discussion of the many omissions by the 9-11 Commission and its report. Again, uh, the executive director of that was Philip Zelikov, who's now going to be presiding over the inquiry into the lab leak theory, among other things. And Peter Dale Scott writes, There is now evidence much of it systematically suppressed by the 9-11 Commission. One more time. There is now evidence, much of it systematically suppressed by the 9-11 Commission, that before 9-11, CIA officers Richard Blay and Tom Wilson inside the CIA's Bin Laden unit, along with FBI agents such as Dina Corsi, were protecting from investigation and arrest two of the eventual alleged hijackers on 9-11, Khalid al-Medar and Nawaf al-Hazmi, much as the FBI had protected Ali Mohammed from arrest in 1993. The 9-11 Commission report overruling FBI reports simply denied that Saudi embassy money had supported the two hijackers. And uh, again, that is the, the that is the commission and the report presided over by Philip Zelikov, who will now be quote investigating unquote among other things the lab leak hypothesis. In another of Peter Vale Scott's books, The Road to 9/11: Wealth, Empire, and the Future of America, uh, this published in softcover by the University of California Press. Uh, the other, The American Deep State: Wall Street, Big Oil, and the Attack on American Democracy, published in hardcover by Roman and Littlefield. Uh, Peter Vale Scott discusses the position paper of the project for a new American century, which includes, by the way, Donald Rumsfeld, who for many years was the chairman of the board of directors of Gilead Sciences that developed Remdesivir. We looked at that in many programs, and it appears that Remdesivir was being tested on rhesus macaques uh, when at uh, the Army U.S. Army Medical Institute of Infectious Diseases at Fort Detrick when that was shut down in early August of 2019 for safety violations by CDC. Speaking of PNAC, their ideology was summarized in a major position paper, Rebuilding America's Defenses, in September of 2000. This document advocated a global Pax Americana unrestrained by international law and advocated the, the need to, re- to retain forward-based troops in the Middle East even if Saddam Hussein were to disappear. In other words, Cheney and Rumsfeld had by the summer of 2001 set up both the goals and the implementation agencies for a war in Iraq. The course was set, and it became abundantly clear in time that the administration was prepared to lie and distort in order to maintain it. But it was clear from polls taken both before and after the Iraq invasion that for the American people to support this course of action, they had to believe they had been attacked. The Bush agenda, in other words, depended on 9-11 or something like it. The PNAC study, Rebuilding America's Defenses, had itself foreseen the need for such a belief. 
the process of transformation that reported even if it brings revolutionary change is likely to be a long one absent some catastrophic and capitalizing event like a new Pearl Harbor. This was only one instance of a widely accepted truism that it would take something like a Pearl Harbor to get America to accept an aggressive war. So the question to be asked is whether Cheney, Rumsfeld, or any others whose project depended on a new Pearl Harbor, unquote, were participants in helping to create one. Now listen to this. In 2002, again, obviously after the September 11th attacks, the PNAC goals of unchallenged military dominance plus the right to launch preemptive strikes anywhere were embodied in the new National Security Strategy of September of 2002, known as MSS 2002. A key figure in drafting this document was Philip Zelikov, who later became the principal author of the 9-11 Commission Report. One more time. In 2002, the PNAC goals of unchallenged military dominance plus the right to launch preemptive strikes anywhere were embodied in the new National Security Strategy of September of 2002, known as MSS 2002. A key figure in drafting this document was Philip Zelikov, who later became the principal author of the 9-11 Commission report. Again, a key person in the American deep state, and now we'll be investigating the lab leak hypothesis with funding from the Rockefeller Foundation and the Koch machine, among others. In an article we've used many times from the last American Vagabond blog of January 30th of 2020 by Whitney Webb, that's Gene Editing and Bioweapons. Recent DARPA experiments raise concerns amid coronavirus outbreak by Whitney Webb. And one of the most controversial aspects of the aforementioned PMAC position paper, Rebuilding America's Defenses, is stated as follows. In what is arguably the think tank's most controversial document titled Rebuilding America's Defenses, there are a few passages that openly discuss the utility of bioweapons, including the following sentences. Combat likely will take place in new dimensions, in space, cyberspace, and perhaps the world of microbes. Advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. We have in a number of programs, including for the record 1139, discussed the anthrax attacks of 2001-2002. And uh, we, in particular, have focused on uh, Stephen Hatfield. I mistakenly, well, I, I, I said that he had been acquitted of uh, having been the anthrax uh, attacker. He was never actually even indicted. He was viewed as a person of interest and by others as a person of suspicion. I suspect he is, in fact, uh, CIA or working for some other intelligence agency and therefore is completely above the law. The CIA and the military are beyond uh, the, the, the practice of law. They can do whatever they want.
And if, as I suspect, Hatfield is, then he is, uh, basically he's scot-free. Nothing's going to touch him. And indeed, nothing did. He was, however, a person of interest and was something that we looked at in the full record 1139 was an article, again from Vanity Fair, of October 2003 by Don Foster. The message in the anthrax. And uh, some key aspects of that, and the operational Teflon that were worn by uh, worn by Fort Detrick insider Stephen Hatfield. Note that the anthrax attacks spurred development into biological warfare research in this country, which now has 12 BSL-4 laboratories as opposed to one in China. And in addition to spurring research into biological warfare, uh, the anthrax attacks also helped to develop develop uh, settlement for invading Iraq, and indeed uh, authorship of the anthrax attacks was mistakenly hung around uh, the neck. It was an ideological albatross hung around the neck of Iraq and helped to generate sentiment for the invasion. Exerting the the author uh, of the article, I should say, by Don Foster, the message in the anthrax, Stephen Hatfield was now looking to me like a suspect, or at least, as the FBI would denote him eight months later, a person of interest. When I lined up Hatfield's known movements with the postmark locations of reported bio-threats, those hoax anthrax attacks appeared to trail him like a vapor cloud. But in February of 2002, shortly after I advanced his candidacy to my contact at FBI headquarters, I was told that Mr. Hatfield had a good alibi. A month later, when I pressed the issue, I was told, Look, Don, maybe you're spending too much time on this. Good people in the Department of Defense, CIA, and State Department, not to mention Bill Patrick, had vouched for Hatfield. In December of 2001, Dr. Barbara Hatch-Rosenberg, a noted bioweapons expert, delivered a paper contending that the perpetrator of the anthrax crimes was an American microbiologist whose training and possession of AIMS strain power pointed to a government insider with experience in a U.S. military lab. Hatfield, at the time, was building a mobile lab out of an old truck chassis and after SAIC fired him, he continued work on using his own money. When the FBI wanted to confiscate the mobile lab to test it for anthrax spores, the Army resisted, moving the trailer to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, where it was used to train special forces in preparation for the war on Iraq. The classes were taught by Steve Hatfield and Bill Patrick. Meanwhile, friends of Fort Detrick were leaking to the press new pieces of disinformation indicating that the mailed anthrax probably came from Iraq. The leaks included false allegations that the Dashiell anthrax included additives distinctive to the Iraqi arms program and that it had been dried using an atomizer spray dryer sold by Denmark to Iraq. And again, as we've noted, in among, <clears throat> among other programs for the record 1128, uh, in addition to being a person of interest whose activities certainly paralleled uh, the anthrax incidents, Stephen Hatfield uh, also had worked for the Seedless 
scouts in Rhodesia, a white supremacist group in that formerly white supremacist post-colonial state, and also was a member of uh, the of South African group um, of uh, the white Afrikaner resistance, a post-apartheid government uh, white supremacist organization in the former apartheid government in South Africa post-apartheid. Uh, again, that is in, for the record, uh, 1128, among others. Now, uh, note again the anthrax attacks being pointed toward Iraq, and note also the anthrax attacks, uh, anthrax letters sent to Senators Daschle and Leahy. Once again, in the, turning back to the book, The American Deep State, Wall Street, Big Oil and the Attack on American Democracy by Peter Dale Scott by hardcover Roman and Littlefield. Note the following. We should not forget that the Patriot Act was only passed after lethal weapons-grade anthrax letters were mailed to two crucial Democratic senators, Senators Daschle and Leahy, who had initially questioned the bill. After the anthrax letters, however, they withdrew their initial opposition. Someone, we still do not know who, must have planned those anthrax letters well in advance. We should not forget either that some government experts initially blamed those attacks on Iraq. In 1998, Donald Rumsfeld was among the PNAC signatories to a letter to Bill Clinton advocating an invasion of Iraq. And once again, repeating from the American Deep State by Peter Dale Scott, we should not forget that the Patriot Act was only passed after lethal weapons-grade anthrax letters were mailed to two crucial Democratic senators, Senators Daschle and Leahy, who had initially questioned the bill. After the anthrax letters, however, they withdrew their initial opposition. Someone, we still do not know who, must have planned those anthrax letters well in advance. We should not forget either that some government experts initially blamed those attacks on Iraq. Well, yes, indeed. And remember that uh, the 9-11 report, which was uh, principal author, principally authored by Philip Zelikov, uh, had key emissions uh, in, uh, throughout uh, obfuscating many key aspects of the investigation into 9-11. And then as Peter Dale Scott wrote in the Road to 9-11, in 2002, the PNAC goals of unchallenged military dominance plus the right to launch preemptive strikes anywhere were embodied in the new national security strategy of September of 2002, known as NSS 2002. A key figure in drafting this document was Philip Zelikov, who later became the principal author of the 9-11 Commission Report. And now he's going to head up the commission looking into the origins of the pandemic, including the lab leak theory. Uh, Note to the context, if one is to accept the lab leak theory at face value, 
What a remarkable coincidence. In the middle of the full court press against China with destabilization efforts in Hong Kong and the Xinjiang province that we have looked at at great length in past programs with the sort of mobilization against China across the U.S. government noted in that Anna Swanson article from uh, 2019. Uh, again, fear of China has spread across the government from the White House to Congress. The federal agencies where Beijing's lies is unquestionably viewed as an economic and national security threat and the defining challenge of the 21st century with Abel Haynes coming from the Obama administration then to event 201 beginning the same day as the military world games, then becoming direct of national intelligence under uh, Biden and uh, presiding, uh, helping to uh, push forward the inquiry into the contentious lab leak theory with Philip Zelikov now with Koch Brothers and Rockefeller Institute backing. And again, the fellow who was the driving force behind the badly, uh, the, the severely tailored 9-11 Commission report and one of the key authors of MSS 2002, which put into effect and made a matter of doctrine, the PNAC recommendations, we have Philip Zelikov. It would be a remarkable coincidence if in the middle of all of this and with uh, the U.S. having withdrawn from the Intermediate Range Missile Treaty in the spring of 2020 in order to begin building up missile defense uh, or offense, really, against China. With things like an article we'll, we'll deal with in the future from German foreign policy, the big war, U.S. military officers debate U.S. war against China with things like uh, from the United States Naval Institute, an author, uh, an article by a former U.S. Marine Corps colonel named Mark Kansian, C-A-N-C-I-N, advocating uh, piracy against China's large merchant fleet. And with all of the uh, EcoHealth Alliance, Pentagon, U.S. AID funding of research into bat-borne coronaviruses through what I call the Oswald Institute of Virology, Wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles, it just happens to be a week from that same institute which causes this pandemic uh, caused by a bat-borne coronavirus, and if it can be hung around China's neck like a uh, virological albatross, it will be a huge propaganda via victory for the U.S. and the U.S. deep state. It will be interesting to see if uh, we have an encore from Philip Zelikov with his 9-11, with his uh, COVID-19 commission, rather like his work on the 9-11 commission report, and uh, then his uh, significant authorship of uh, MSS 2002, realizing the PNAC dogma doctrine for U.S. military defense. It will be interesting to see if, uh, see what comes up in the upcoming investigation. However, we will have to take a look at that in the future because we are all out of time. This concludes for the record program number 1190, the Oswald Institute of Virology, Part 9, COVID-19 and the American Deep State, Part 3, this is being recorded on June 25th of 2021. My name is Dave Emery. Have fun.